The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Episode 243 of the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you by cloud accounting software FreshBooks, offering a free 30-day trial with access to all their features. You can find out more at freshbooks.com slash read to lead. We can't outshout Nike and McDonald's. It's not going to happen. But we can make effective messages that work for our audience. Hi, and welcome to the Read to Lead podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to your personal and professional growth. I'm Jeff Brown, your Chief Insight Officer, and I believe that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then intentional and consistent reading is a must. My job here is to help you sift through all that's out there, suggest the key insights and main ideas from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. One of those is a guy named Steve Woodruff, and his brand new book out now is called Clarity Wins. Get heard, get referred. And I'll be asking Steve to share about how you can stand out in a sea of Goliaths, the five elements you must address to be certain your message is clear, some of the ways you can leverage neuroscience to advance you and your company's message, and much, much more. In a world filled with noise and distraction, the secret weapon any business can use to break through is clarity, Steve says. Clarity of strategy and clarity of messaging. Clarity Wins, the book, is a proven handbook to create competitive advantage in any marketplace. We don't have to spend a million dollars to rise above the noise and grow referrals. We just need to learn how to be clear. And when it comes to clear, you can't get much clearer than a free 30-day trial and access to all the features FreshBooks has to offer. If you haven't checked this out yet, if you've been teetering for some reason, I encourage you not to waste any more time. There's absolutely no obligation and no credit card needed to take advantage of FreshBooks' free trial. You've probably heard me say before, I've been using it for nine years, and I've never used anything else because I've never needed any other cloud accounting software solution in my business. A few years ago, I made a pledge to myself that I would never promote products or services on Read to Lead that I didn't personally use. And trust me when I say I've been approached by a lot of companies who would like to advertise that I've simply turned down. But FreshBooks Cloud Accounting Software is a product I truly believe in because it's made doing business for me so much easier and I want you to experience the same result. If you'd like to try it free for 30 days, it's very simple to do. You go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead. That's freshbooks.com slash read to lead. And while you're there, be sure to enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. Again, the trial's free. You get access to all their features and it's 30 full days. Freshbooks.com slash read to lead. Well, we are in the midst of, of royalty. Uh, Steve Woodruff is known as the king of clarity. 
It's a first for Read to Lead. And in a world full of noise and distraction, well, Steve helps businesses craft a message so clear that they can be heard, remembered, and referred. He's been doing this for 30 years, and he's consulted with companies ranging from solo startups, people like me, to top five pharma. I'm not a client yet, but maybe I should be. Uh, You can learn more about him and his work at ClarityFuel.com. And as luck would have it, he's got a brand new book that's out officially today. It's called Clarity Wins. Get heard, get referred. Steve, welcome to Read to Lead. Thanks so much, Jeff. A pleasure to be here. Well, uh, I've echoed the words of of Chris Brogan here before, uh, that if you want to have a successful business, you need to be creating media. This is something I talk about in a lot of uh, public talks that I give as well. And while that's true, you could argue it also adds to the problem that consumers now have more noise to sift through than ever. So, So how bad in your estimation, Steve, exactly is this noise problem? Oh, it is really bad and getting worse every moment. So several years ago, Mark Schaefer, well-known marketing consultant and educator, coined the term content shock, which discusses how the amount of content is multiplying so fast that it's just simply way beyond our ability to process it. And as I was looking at statistics about the noise problem, we're in the middle of a typhoon of sensory stimulation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The average American is now spending up to 11 and a half hours a day in non-print media time. That is video and audio. And that was up one hour in one year. So the screens that we're competing with are just absolutely unbelievable. We're also assaulted with anywhere from four to 10,000 advertisements per day. Uh, The average office worker gets about 120 emails per day. And so the interruption, the distraction, the constant amount of noise that is impinging on our senses, plus all the noise that's going on in our heads, uh, our own thoughts and our own ideas and distractions and family concerns. It's amazing that we can even function. Mm. Well, then how can you stand out as, say, a smaller company or a solopreneur or a or a freelance or larger organizations with with bigger budgets would seem to have the advantage. So, so how do you how do you succeed in in a sea of uh, of giants, if you will? Well, that's the secret. It's a both a problem and an opportunity. So there's this mass amount of noise, and a lot of it is being made for the mass market. So mm-hmm. companies and people are spending all kinds of dollars to put out their messages. There's all sorts of media being created. But a lot of it isn't really well targeted. And what I encourage companies to think about is who exactly is not just your target audience, who's your bullseye customer, the exact person you're trying to reach, and then to craft a message that appeals to that person and find a way to get that message. We can't outshout Nike and McDonald's. It's not going to happen. But we can make effective messages that work for our audience, the relatively small number of customers that we need compared to some huge company. And that's the goal of this book is to show people exactly how we can go about narrowing our focus, narrowing our message and making it effective. I know you have worked with some nonprofits. I don't know if that includes uh, churches or not, but I'd be curious as to how you would apply that or would you to say a pastor who's trying to grow his or her uh, congregation and struggling with this idea of defining their bullseye so narrowly. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are two ways 
I look at clarity as relating to pastors and churches. One is the message to the community, the outward focused message. And by and large, what you find is that churches, like every business, have certain particular things that they are called to do very well and that they seem to excel at and that that God has put the right people in place for. And so I think it's a smart thing if you're going to position yourself in a sea of other churches to emphasize what you seem to be best at. But more important to me than that is how do we apply clarity principles to preaching and communicating effectively? Mm. Because I think that's really where most of this can have the most value is that the very principles that make effective marketing and make effective branding also make effective preaching when it comes to design of a message and understanding how the human mind and heart works. So many of the things that I have learned about clarity have come not just out of business, but also out of general communications and out of a church environment, too. Mm. I, I was in San Diego a week ago today consulting a large church there, and I'm thinking, gee, I should have had Steve on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I love the area of, of neuroscience, and, and Steve shares some, some findings of brain science in his book, Clarity Wins. Steve, what are some of the ways that we can leverage brain science, neuroscience, to advance our message? The major aha I have when I talk to people about this is that uh, most people do not understand or, or even know about the particular part of the brain called the reticular activating system or the RAS. And understanding the RAS and how it works is actually the key to good communications. So the, the role of the RAS, we've talked earlier about all the noise, the role of the RAS is to filter out noise. And it is looking for some very specific things. Every one of our brains has this function. It's looking for what is interesting, what is relevant, surprising, maybe a little amusing or frightening. And it's filtering out everything else. And this is how we actually function in the middle of a very noisy world is our RAS is continually pushing aside the things that are not relevant and causing us to focus on what is. Once we understand understand that, then we have to know that our major challenge is getting through the RAS, the filtering system. And a lot of the book is designed around how do we craft our words and our messages to get through that filtering system and to respect the limits that the brain has in processing information, in storing information. We've got to make it very easy for people to take in, remember, and transmit our message. Mm, and to that end, Steve has developed what he calls the, the memory dart, which I, which I love. Uh, what is that, Steve, and how is it different than its cousin, the elevator pitch? <laughs> I view it as an illegitimate cousin. That <laughs> I have a pet peeve about an elevator pitch. Actually, two, two pet peeves. One, uh, the word elevator, and second, the word pitch. Um, <laughs> so nobody wants to be pitched, first mm. of all. And rarely are you ever going to have a, a, an effective communication in an elevator. So I just don't like the term. But the idea of an elevator pitch is to have a compressed way of saying what you need to say in a short period of time. 
The memory dart is just a sharper version of that. And the goal of a memory dart is in a, the span of anywhere from 15 to 30 seconds to be able to get a point across that engages the mind, engages the attention, and grapples onto a place in the memory so that people can get a, a word picture in their minds of what you do and who you do it for. Mm. To me, the memory dart is actually about the most important communication, marketing, selling tool that any company can have. And you've met many people and asked them what they do. And so you know, as I know, and as all of us know, people are really bad mm. at telling you who they are and what they do and who they do it for. And that can be fixed. So would something like this be a good example of what you're saying? Like when I think about who I help and who I coach, uh, predominantly people wanting to start a podcast or who have launched one and want to want to grow it, um, it's something like I help media savvy business owners create and launch compelling and engaging podcasts so they can increase their leads and grow their business. Would that would that be an example? You're halfway there. So I view those as the factual statements. You, mm -hmm. We have to first get to the factual, accurate statement, which is what you've done very well. Now we have to compress it and distill it into a more vivid and catchy mm. phrase that people will grasp immediately. So you've got a lot of business words in there um, <laughs> and some jargon. But in fact, it is really a good, accurate summary, but we would just take it the next step to be something that you could say in 15 seconds and someone go, oh, I get that mm. and remember it. Right. Well, as I as I coach podcasters, one of the things we talk about is the importance of that first 60 seconds and in, in making a, a good first impression and really ultimately at the end of the day answering what's in it for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and similarly, uh, Steve says there are five elements you need to address when it comes to clarity. Steve, can you can you walk us through each of these and, and break them down for us? Sure. Uh, and I shamelessly stole these from basic journalism practice. <laughs> In fact, my definition of R&D is ripoff and duplication, uh, which when in the realm of ideas and marketing, you know, that's pretty much the way it goes. But a lot of great thoughts have already been created by people, and we can repurpose those thoughts. So when I started working with, with companies and, and individuals on clarity, it just kind of boiled down to five things. The first thing is the what. What exactly and precisely is it that you do? So in your case, we might say, I help business owners that want to grow through new media by launching their podcast or something like that, something very specific. The second is the for whom, where we more precisely sketch out exactly the target audience or bullseye customer. Mm. So if you said, uh, I help new podcasters, that's not good enough. Mm. You would want to say, maybe business owners, you use the word media savvy. There got to be some things that create a picture, in my mind, of exactly who that right client is. Mm. You're not going to be able to help just any Tom, Dick, or Harry that <laughs> wants to do a podcast. The third thing is the why. Uh, so what's the business pain or what's the business hope that we're addressing? Everybody has to have a why that's going to make them open their wallet. And we've got to be able to articulate what it is about what we're offering that can fix something that someone desperately wants 
fixed. Mm. So you might say, uh, oh, well, here's this small company. It's growing. They really need to get into some new media. They're, they're not really leveraging social media. They don't have a podcast, but they understand the potential and they just need a Sherpa for the first three months to, to get them through it. Mm. And that's what I do because for this particular type of business, they can, they can double their revenue if they can just get their online house in order. There's the why. The how is the magic, uh, what I call the superpower. <laughs> I believe that every individual and every company has a certain unique differentiating ability, some type of skill, some type of offering, something that makes that person stand out above all the other potential suppliers. And we need to tap into it and articulate it in such a way that people can say, oh, I want this person, not that person, because mm. this is their special power. And that's exactly what I need. And then finally is the where. Uh, so your business is very virtual. You can mm. interview people via Skype anywhere in the world. You can uh, sit in, in your home in, in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and I can sit in mine in Franklin, Tennessee, 20 minutes apart. <laughs> and we can do this. Or you can talk to someone in Manitoba, Canada. But some businesses are very local. Some are very regional. Some are restricted to a certain vertical marketplace. Mm. Uh, some only work in a certain department like a HR or training. So the more precisely we can paint the picture of the where to people, the more straightforward our focus will be and our message, our sales message. And then one of the major points of the book is that's what will enable people to refer accurately. We've got to paint the picture of what a great referral looks like by saying this is exactly who, what, how, why, and where, and then people know how to refer to us. Well, Steve, where, where does storytelling fit into this exactly? Because I know that's a, that's a big part of the process for you. Storytelling is one of those shortcuts into the brain that I really appreciate. So uh, the human brain is not hardwired to remember 20 bullet points. Uh, that's not how we were made. Uh, history shows that the way information has been transmitted for thousands of years is through stories. And that's what the human brain seeks. It wants stories. So telling stories is one of the best ways to get the point across about who we help. Um, I was yesterday at a small restaurant speaking with the owner who's struggling with their strategic direction. And they have this one set of clients who wants this one thing that's kind of, you know, its own little trendy thing. And then they have this other set of more profitable clients that really wants this other thing that they do. And we had to really think through which of these is truly profitable, truly long-term, come up with, you know, what operationally and strategically makes sense. And then we can come up with the right message given what what the demographic is that you're going to pursue. Mm. So that's a story. That's a story of how I do clarity. I sit and listen and ask questions and sift through a bunch of stuff and then bring to the surface the things as an outside voice that people can't see because they're so immersed in it <laughs> that none of us can be objective about our own business because we're in the forest and the trees. So stories help us with that. And one of my favorite stories that I tell in the book is about Loveless's Cafe, which I'm sure you're familiar with a mm -hmm. Nashville 
institution. And uh, when I just moved to Nashville with my new bride, we went to Lovelace's Cafe, and this was uh, in 1981. And uh, you are old enough to remember American Express Traveler's Checks. It's <laughs> good as cash. And uh, this was before ATMs and before PayPal. So all of our wedding money, all of our savings, everything was in these traveler's checks when we moved down. And the first place we went was Lovelace's for some fried chicken. And it was wonderful as usual. And then I went to pay and the waitress said, oh, we only take cash. They didn't even take credit cards at that time. We didn't have a credit card. We didn't even have a bank account. <laughs> and so I had this moment of panic. I mean, I, how am I going to pay? We just ate this great food and I feel like an idiot. And she patted my hand and said, now that's all right dear, as soon as you get your bank account set up, you just take this check and you just send us the money. <laughs> and I did. And I never forgot. And I have been back to Lovelace's countless times. I have recommended them countless times. I've written blog posts about them countless times. I put them now in my book. It's a story that shows the essence of what that institution still is all about. Here in 2018, they're still as friendly and wonderful as they always have been. I can talk bullet points, but a story will stick in your mind much more effectively. If I ask you to think of an example of when you helped a client take what was otherwise a difficult message and really break free from that difficulty with just the right metaphor or, or word picture, does a does an example come to mind right away where you've you've sat with a client and helped them make that breakthrough? Yeah, very recently, actually, a couple of weeks ago, I talked with a, a gentleman. Uh, I do a lot of consulting in the pharmaceutical industry where my roots are and pharmaceutical training in particular. And this gentleman is uh, going out on his own as a consultant. And there are many, many training provider companies, uh, vendors out there, as well as consultants. So the temptation always is to go out and, and not differentiate, sound like everybody else. Yeah, we do this, we do this, we do this, we do this, just like everybody else. Mm. And that's the quickest way to be forgotten. <laughs> so we talked about his, his approach. I sent him an advanced copy of the book and then we got on the phone and he would he really took the message to heart and he decided to very narrowly focus his approach to high touch highly personal workshop development training workshop development when the timeline is short and they want expertise and in his region mm -hmm. i mean he really narrowed it far more than almost any training provider and by the time we kind of reworked his message and his website and got it down, I felt more confident in him as a startup than I have in just about any training company I've worked with in the last 20 years because he just nailed a sector, a place where he could live and breathe. And he calls himself the chief doer. So he's going to go in and do the work. It's not going to be offloaded to some junior person. It's not going to be offloaded to some project manager. He's positioning himself in what could be a weakness. You know, you're a solo mm. as a strength. I'm the one that's going to come in and do this for you. And I've got all these decades of experience to put my hands on and get it done. And I think he's going to do absolutely great with it. I mentioned earlier a couple of uh, arms of, of, of my business, and I can say from firsthand experience that uh, referrals are what keep it going. That's where I place most of my, my emphasis is is getting the right referrals and making sure that I'm impacting my clients in such a way that those are a no-brainer. You don't see a lot of books on this topic, though. It's sales, it's marketing, it's SEO, it's social media, that sort of thing. Why do you feel so strongly about it, enough to write a book about it? Well, that is one of the curious things, because when I ask any audience, what is the best source 
of new business immediately, <laughs> always, 100% referrals. Mm. Everybody knows it. And for the last 4,000 years, it's been word of mouth, human to human recommendations, referrals. And even in this digital age, we're finding that online reviews and social media sharing and all of this, which is still human to human mediated through bytes and bits, is still a huge part of how people make decisions. And I suspect for the next hundred years, it will continue to be no matter where the technology goes. But we spend all this time working on trends and tech and digital whatever and data driven and, and none of it's bad. But if referrals really are the best way to get business, then that's where we should be putting the vast majority of our attention in getting it right. How can we activate referrals? How can we make our business what I call referrals? referral ready mm. so that everywhere we go, we're spreading a message that people can understand and remember. And I just think it's a hugely neglected area that can be fixed and it can be fixed with a fairly modest amount of time and attention, just making sure that the message is, is human ready and compact and vivid. And, and great application from this book, not only for businesses, obviously, big and small, but for that individual who's making that career transition, right? Oh, it's really one of the interesting things about this, Jeff, is I have found that this process of branding and clarity for businesses, for brands, for companies, for individuals, it's all the same. <laughs> it's bringing the strengths and the uniquenesses to the surface applying it to what the marketplace need is uh, in whatever way you're going to offer it and then packaging it in effective words. And so when somebody's in career transition, that's what they're doing. When someone makes a good LinkedIn profile, a resume, that's what they're doing. And the principles of clarity uh, really spread very wide into areas of personal branding, into teaching, into preaching, into every form of media. And it's really a very similar process no matter what kind of person I'm dealing with. How did, how did you end up consulting others on, on this topic? Was this something you, you fell into or was the path a little more, more obvious and intentional? It was a little strange. Um, so I had two 10-year job tenures with two different companies, one in medical devices and one in software for pharma companies. And in each case, because they were small companies, I wore sales hats, marketing hats, branding hats, everything hats, and just developed this knack or had this knack and finally recognized it for branding. I just loved it. I don't know. It was just there. Uh, this ability to kind of look at all these different parts and pieces and distill it into a message. So when I went out on my own 12 years ago, the business model was, and partly still is, to play the role of matchmaker between pharmaceutical training organizations and the training vendor community, which are a lot of small companies. And I do targeted referrals and really solve problems on both sides. The, the vendors have a hard time positioning and, and branding themselves accurately. And then the pharma training organizations don't know which vendors to choose because it's it's a bewildering array. So I set out creating this business model. My memory dart, by the way, is uh, the eHarmony of pharmaceutical training, uh, which helped people understand exactly what I was doing. So you see how effective that is. I'm yeah. grabbing an existing memory hook in your mind and stealing it. 
So I, I ended up working with a lot of these small companies and I'd sit down with them in the span of a half a day or a day. I'd completely rebrand them. And to me, it was fun. I, I, I had to kind of admit to people, man, I'd do this for free if I could. This is really fun. <laughs> but then I decided I better charge for this. So I started developing this practice called Clarity Consulting, which uh, I then expanded into other types of companies, other sizes of companies. So it's no longer just pharma. It's no longer just training. I started working with individuals too. And it has become its own thing doing this clarity. And, and over the years, I sort of reverse engineered what I was doing to figure out what it was and then came up with the things like the five elements and all the other parts and pieces that I was doing intuitively. Mm-hmm. So it took me some years to actually put it all down and, and understand what clarity was and articulate it. And then it took some time to, to put it all together in a book. I know exactly what you mean. As I began venturing out and, and coaching people in this uh, space, I had to go back and look at what I was doing intuitively and sort of break it down in, in such a way that it was easy to to digest and explain. A little bird told me, pun intended, that you bring stuffed penguins and pigeons with you when you uh, <laughs> when you speak. Uh, what do these two have to do, Steve, with with clarity? Well, these are part of my way of breaking into people's attention. So you don't normally expect a, a, an emperor penguin or a pigeon to show up on, on a podium. And I use the penguin analogy because everybody has seen those nature shows where you have a bunch of penguins in Antarctica on an ice floe, and they all are making this crazy, loud, obnoxious noise. And I say, that's what your message sounds like. Uh, if you are part of the noise, uh, and, and of course, all the penguins look the same. So there's no way to tell a penguin apart in that format. And so it's easy to get the point about noise when you actually think about or even hear or see one of those penguin rookeries. Mm. But one of the major points I make in the book is that we have to learn to love a pigeonhole. And the point of clarity is to so define our sweet spot and so define what our place is in the market, what our customer is, how and why we do it, that we get pigeonholed in a good way Mm. in the minds of others. We actually want to be pigeonholed. (laughs) And many, many people avoid that. They hate that term. I don't want to be pigeonholed. I don't want to lose any opportunities. But the fact is, if we don't choose to be pigeonholed, we're penguins. We're just noise because people can't store us in 25 memory slots. They're going to give you one memory slot. They're only going to have a few hashtags that they can build around you. And so we want to give them the right phrases, the right word pictures, the right hashtags. That is, we want to build the right pigeonhole in the minds of others so that they know exactly who to refer us to and what the message is. That's what all that book boils down to is embrace your pigeonhole, create that pigeonhole, and get it into the minds of others so that they can know what to do with you. And this is part of respecting the brain science of capacity. People do not have the capacity to remember us for 12 things. Mm. Give them one thing. Yeah, I learned in, in broadcasting similar to that. If you want your listeners to remember one thing, you tell them one thing. If you want them to remember nothing, you tell them two things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and, 
and connected to that, I learned too that the more laser-like your focus, the broader your reach. It sounds counterintuitive, as does the pigeonhole concept, but it but it but it actually works, and I've seen it proven time and time again. Well, uh, Steve, I want you to think for a moment about the books you've been reading, whether recently or in years past. What would you say are two or three titles that that come to mind right away as having had a big impact on you? And if you can share how or why they've impacted you as they have. Well, I'll give you three people who happen to have written books because it's more <laughs> than just the books. Um, right. The people that I have tended to learn the most from, one is uh, Donald Miller, who did this uh, story brand. And I've been through one of his sessions. I've got his book. But Donald Miller's message about clarity really helped validate what I was already thinking and doing, but, but beginning to wonder if I was crazy. Mm. And realizing that there are other people that have tapped into the effectiveness of clear messaging, telling good stories, branding on the basis of real succinct stuff. That was a tremendous encouragement. And he happens to be local as well here in the the Franklin, Nashville area, which is great. Another thought leader that I've followed, worked with, talked with, read books by is Mark Schaefer. uh, And he's the one I referred to earlier that coined the term content shock. And uh, Mark tends to not be a status quo thinker. He looks at things from a very original point of view. He's not afraid to ask hard questions. And his latest upcoming book is is going to be asking some of the hard questions that uh, I've been asking and others about human to human marketing and mm. what are the limits of all this technology and media and uh, what is the place of influencers? What is the place of referrals? What is the place of word of mouth marketing? And uh, I think there may be a counter revolution coming our way on how we're going to be more human in our marketing and Part of what uh, that involves is how can we enable person-to-person referrals. And then on the word of mouth front, Jay Baer, who's been a friend for years, uh, just recently released a book, Talk Triggers, which was just fabulous on the effectiveness of word of mouth marketing. And again, that human-to-human interaction and particularly with the the storytelling element and the memorability element. And I just love that book. And and Jay is someone I've respected for years with his process of, of thinking and his ability to, to look at social media from an original standpoint. So those are some of the people that in an ongoing way uh, shape my thinking. You know, it's funny, you mentioned Jay, as you were sharing your Loveless Cafe story, though that's not a talk trigger by definition, I was reminded of, of Jay and Daniel's book as you were sharing that story. Uh, he and Daniel have been on the show recently. Donald Miller has been on the show to talk about story brand as well. Mark Schaefer, was that the other Mark one? Mark Schaefer, yes. Uh, yeah, maybe we need to, uh, to look him up because we haven't had him on yet, but uh, maybe we should. Well, as a successful speaker, Steve, besides bringing stuffed penguins and pigeons and, and, and maybe parrots, too, I don't know, to, to your speaking <laughs> gigs, uh, what are some tips you would share, pass along to others wanting to, to hone that skill in order to deliver an impactful and memorable public talk? Well, the first thing is I've seen a lot of bad talks. Okay, so I've seen I've seen real bad and many speakers do not understand the crucial need to get attention quickly. You have got to say something interesting and something relevant in the first minute or you've lost it. You've lost the opportunity. And there's a craft here. It's a learnable craft. But a lot of people just think they're there to do an information dump. And that is not the way to engage an audience. So that is the first thing. And then the 
second thing, and we've alluded to it, you and I already in this conversation, is make one point and make it really, really well. Mm. Uh, so again, people don't have the mental capacity to process 14 different things. So you have to stick with a theme, stick with a point, and make it in a way that's vivid and imaginative, surround it with stories, surround it with illustrations, and feel like if you can get people to walk away with one thing, it's a huge success. So if we respect people's brain limits, if we respect the RAS, if we make sure that we're being relevant and vivid, then we're going to succeed. Mm. Everything else, uh, the amount of information, it just needs to be crafted in a way that people can can digest it. But you sure better make good use of that first 60 seconds. I could not agree more. I, I've spent a lot of time and more so this year than previous years and really trying to hone my skills in this area. And it's one of the reasons why I asked the question. It's it's a selfish <laughs> A question, I guess, uh, in in that sense. But I have really seen uh, storytelling specifically, especially uh, as a starting point in that first 60 seconds, as you say, make a huge difference in how my talks are received. It's been really, really dramatic and really powerful to see that firsthand. Absolutely. Well, now that the book is out, I know you're going to be doing a lot of promoting uh, still. What besides that is ahead for you and your team that you're excited about? Well, one of the most exciting things for me is that um, I have done a number of clarity sessions with small companies or individuals or groups, which is kind of a a lot of it is an, a one day epiphany and then mm. just the, the follow through. But one of the branches growing out of this clarity tree is more effective general communications and more effective personal branding communications that I think I can do much more corporate work, both pharma and other types of companies, in helping people effectively position themselves within the company. So one of my pharma clients leaned on me to do a branding exercise for their training department to make it more visible and to establish it on certain principles and create a culture in the organization, which was a tremendous success. And then they brought me back to speak to about 60 of their emerging leaders about how to get seen and get visible in the organization through personal branding and surfacing your strengths and communicating effectively. And that also was a great success. So I'm really excited about some of the uh, work I can do in in corporations and in, in other companies beyond just let's get to the core of your brand. But now let's communicate effectively on every level throughout the organization and get clarity that is driven down from top to bottom. Mm. Well, the book, again, is called Clarity Wins, Get Heard, Get Referred. And though we live just 20 minutes apart, besides a few emails, this is our first ever conversation. Uh, Steve, <laughs> it's been uh, great having you on the show. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's been a pleasure for me, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me. If you are seeking clarity in your business, in your line of work, in your career, I highly recommend Steve's book to get it now. And to find links to all the other books and resources Steve and I discussed, simply go to read to leadpodcast.com slash 243 for episode 243. You'll also find ways to connect with Steve on social media if you'd like to do that as well. If you have comments, feedback, or questions, you can leave them there at that same URL dedicated to this episode, or you can write me directly, jeff at readtoleadpodcast.com. And I want to say thanks one more time to our sponsor, FreshBooks Cloud Accounting Software. Don't forget that free 30-day trial with access to all their features, FreshBooks dot com slash read to lead well that does it for this week i look forward to seeing you next time until then remember leaders read and readers lead 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.